you enjoy this podcast and want to swear eternal allegiance with your money, please go to patreon.com slash shadow. That is patreon.com slash S-H-A-D-E-A-U-X. Now, please experience the content. This is space. This is the final frontier. These are the cases before the court. Its mission, legislate strange new crimes, seek out new perpetrators and new defendants to jurisprudently go where no law has gone before. This is The People vs. Star Trek Voyager. The People vs. Star Trek Voyager is recorded in front of no one. For the defense. Commander Matthias Zapp, Spurlock, Starfleet Pro Bono Legal Fund. Prosecution. Oversecretary to the Rear Admiral John Q. Continuum, Esquire. Judge. The Honorable Midnightian, later. May it please the court, case on the docket is 106. The Cloud. Stardate 48546.2. Original air date 2.1395. Order in the court. As is well known to all here, these proceedings are being broadcast to the front viewport on Tommy Riker's cherry red space bike. So I expect a civil tone and a consummate air of professionalism. No rancor, no ribaldry, and not even a sniff of the lemongrass. The question before the court is this. Is Star Trek Voyager a misunderstood gem or just plain tawdry garbage? Now your opening arguments, keep them brief. Your Honor, I will indeed be brief. How could any episode possibly be good when Neelix is the voice of reason? That's all. Commander Spurlock. Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury and Tommy Riker, who I single out because you, sir, are no gentleman, I need not engage in any legal acrobatics in defense of the cloud, for the cloud is chocked full of that thing that matters most in the establishment of a good Star Trek series. That thing we have clamored for since the beginning of this auspicious legal exercise. Lieutenant, set a course, full impulse. There's character development in this episode. Now the evidence will be presented in the format agreed upon by the Fairfax Addendum to the Kittimer Accords. Audio recordings of three white guys interrupting each other. Play the holocron. Let me pull up my notes. The cloud. The cloud. Begins with a timestamp, which is helpful. Uh, Janeway begins by saying that the voyage is, I think she says, several weeks Mm -hmm. old. So we do have a sense of how long they've been trucking along since uh, Caretaker. Yeah, this this cold open was very interesting to me for several reasons. Uh, I liked 
I like her, like she has a really long monologue where we get into Janeway's head and her whole the whole concept of now that they are the family of man. Right. They're, they're, they're the only humans, even though she kind of brushes aside the non-humans that are on the ship. <laughs> for their purposes, they are all of humanity. Right. Except for these other people that are not human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then she had the moment where she deletes the captain's log, which I don't remember. No, it's, just, it's just the last just line. The last well, she deletes a sentence. Well, she like, where we hear her edit live. Yeah. I don't remember that happening in another Star Trek show. The only the only time I can remember that happening, there is an entire episode of Deep Space Nine in which uh, Cisco is essentially confessing to having participated in conspiracy to commit murder and mm-hmm. a number of crimes, things that he did in the thick of the Dominion War out of a sense of desperation, mm-hmm. where he gets to the end and he says, I don't know how I can live with that. Actually, I can live with that. I know I can live with that. Computer delete recording and he wipes the entire thing. right i do remember that yeah. like there were the whole log but we actually because we always hear them give their you know the 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 voiceover narration of the captain's log where her like no no delete that last line actually i need a better metaphor hold on i'll get back to you yeah. computer it, you know like that and, kind of and, and the line is her sort of doubting her you know she says i hope i'm up to the challenge actually delete that i don't want i don't want posterity to uh, yeah. record any of my self-doubt right um, then we have a series of awkward conversations as uh, Janeway tries to go be what she, she's trying to figure out what her role is as the captain, who she needs to be, and how much people. distance she needs. She to She freaks out Torres in, in engineering. He's like, <laughs> what, what, what? I didn't know there was Sorry. a review. Um, just, just going on a walk. We, we have a good bit with Kim in Paris where she tries to talk to them and, and Kim what? with an astute emotional read of yeah. the situation. Um, why is Harry Kim, the enlightened one in this moment. He's emotionally astute. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, this is this is a reasonable argument between, no, between Paris and Kim's. Kim says, you know, we, sh- we should have asked her to join us. And Paris is like, man, she doesn't want to sit with us. We're mm-hmm. the underlings. She's the captain. She's up on a completely different True. level than we are. So they're both potentially right, depending yeah. on the personality of the captain. True. And it does go to illustrate that these people don't have a great read on Janeway yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. hasn't shown them a lot of yeah. her internal self, you know, so they don't know. Does, is she really as aloof as she presents right. herself or would she like for someone to reach out? Yeah. And, and I mean, even the people that were assigned to that ship, they haven't been a crew no. very long, right? No, this was their maiden voyage yeah. when they got, you know, pulled out to the, to the Delta Quadrant. Uh, and she does, she does a good job of setting up that internal conflict of normally she likes to be very reserved, but asking the question, maybe I should be something else. This is a unique situation. I think that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, then we have, she goes in to get coffee. They have the stuff about, oh God, I need some coffee. <laughs> then Neelix objectifies the captain, which was, you, yeah. just, you, you look so pretty. You, and she, she under the, it, it must be the food heater lamps. I've, it's just giving well, <laughs> When that started happening, I was like, okay, he's doing this cause he wants something, but then he didn't want anything. So I'm like, he just objectifies her cause. Then he offers her the coffee butter. Well, yeah, you know, it's, you know, when I was a kid, my parents had a Garfield comic strip on the fridge for years to the point that it became yellowed. And it was just three panels of Garfield pouring this viscous sludge very slowly out of a percolator. Right. And at the end, he says, this is going to be a great cup of coffee at Mondays or something like that. You know, it's a Garfield <laughs> comic strip. But every time I see that sight gag in something where, oh, this is supposed to be really strong and it just kind of bloops out. I think about that damn comic strip. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so it, what I'm saying here, the point I'm making is that Neelix is Garfield, and we should just run with that for the duration. Okay. <laughs> he does love lasagna and hate Mondays. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm willing to run with this and see how see if it's got legs. Wait. Yeah. The thing about the lipstick. How I, does he feel about normal? He should go to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> One way express. Yep. Um, we're off to a great start. We're already making Garf- deep cut Garfield <laughs> references. Uh, let's talk about U.S. Acres now. Um, so uh, that gets the, the scene of sort of domestic, like interper- like internal conflict, domestic sort of issues. Then she's like, thank God there's something on the bridge. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Before that, she gets a scolding from Neelix. Yeah. Don't skip the scolding yep. where she has to lead by example. Which he makes a fair point. A fair point from this cartoon Muppet of a person thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's really difficult when, like, he's making a good point, but I just don't want Neelix to be right. I know. If I I can... Like, keep your goop and shut up. Keep your goop. Pull something from my personal bucket of expertise here. Um, This is a really good treatment. This whole opening monologue and her sense of self-doubt and uncertainty as to where she's positioned on this crew is a nice treatment of, I think something that a lot of military officers experience when they're in a combat type environment, which I think you can say, not that they're in an active state of combat, but they're in a dangerous place. They're isolated. You know, you you can equate it. You care about these people, yet you can't be friends with these people because you have to be able to order them to their death if need be. And there's a great episode of TNG that deals with this as well when, um, uh, Troy is trying to pass the command exam. That's right. And they're trying to get her to be able to say, to tell Jordy, Jordy. holographic Jordy, to go crawl into that plasma conduit and die yep. to save the rest of the crew. Yep. And so I, I, I actually really enjoyed this cold open mm-hmm. uh, be- because of that. I think that it's, a, you know, we oh, I, finally get to see inside Janeway's head a little bit rather than her just being a rock solid badass, yeah, which absolutely. is all she's been up to this point. Which I don't I don't have a problem with that. No, but no of course, it, of course. It's yeah. it's well done. But yeah. then she dashes off because there's a nebula, there's Omicron particles, there's <laughs> other science words. <laughs> she runs out, <laughs> leaving like a like a root like a like a roadrunner cloud behind her. Uh, <laughs> and then it ends with the great line of like, oh, there's Omicron particles, which apparently is what they use for power. It, it's what it's what is used in uh holographic projectors, the and, shapeable particles. And they, they end on this killer line there's coffee in that nebula nebula. and i'm like that's fucking great it's a classic janeway line there's coffee in that there are memes about it and everything and once again this is similar to the episode before where it's dealing with scarcity it's dealing with they don't have the same amount of resources but it's just handled more lightly wait is there not really coffee in the nebula no there's not literally coffee they have to go get the power so they can make Make more coffee coffee. oh uh i also really liked um that there's no cold open hook. Yeah. There's no, like, there's not even like last episode phage had the like <laughs> semi, they didn't like, it's like they didn't land the hook moment. This is like, nah, we're going to go get in that nebula. Come back if you want. Yeah. Whatever. We trust you'll be back. We'll just I be like farming coffee. Omicron part We know we landed this cold open. Yeah. Wink. You know, kind I of like thing. coffee. Ha <laughs> um, <laughs> then, right, so then we go to the credits and then we jump right back into immediately. <sighs> no, all right, look, I'm going to be real. You may disagree. I might. I could have spent, I was like, when they started talking, this is, they're finally starting to deal with Chakotay yeah. and his uh, Native American heritage. And this was way better than the pilot. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Low, low bar. Great. Yeah, low but, bar. Well, they actually use Native American as a... Instead of... Yeah, as opposed to them engines. Uh, <laughs> Us engines. But once this. they started talking about the, the concept of animal guides, spirit animals, 
being the same idea that Jung developed. And I was like, oh. He ripped them off. I was like, tell me. Yeah. I was like, stop the episode. No, it was. A, it <laughs> Let's was, just talk about this I'll for a take while. Forty-eight minutes of this. Please. It was super interesting. Yeah, Good I was point. like, that's a cool idea. That's really interesting. And then Janeway's reaction, like, "Are you a bear?" And I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> He's like, "No, I'm not a bear." A bear. Well, that you seem like a bear. That's my only thing. My my only issue with this episode, maybe, or at least in, as far as Janeway is concerned, I can't tell if she's making fun of him. No, she's on the. It's on. It's weird. It's hard to. It's hard to tell if she's just sort of playing along, I think or if she's we actually haven't seen her in this mode much. That's of being maybe like that's why un just excited about and interested in something without it being life or death. She's so happy to have someone she can engage with. The only the closest thing to appear that she has on this boat is sure. Chakotay as. Mm -hmm. the first officer and I think she's just so happy to be talking about something that isn't how they're going to survive for the next two days um, it, it is it is frankly almost a jarring transition in her character but mm. only because the show is still young and we haven't had a chance to see this yet um, there's an interesting bit of research it's related to what we're talking about something I ran across in reading about this episode this show shockingly actually hired a consultant to the writer's room for all the discussion of Native American issues. Okay. Oh, wow. Cool. But it turned out this consultant was a con man. <laughs> this guy, and, 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 and Voyager, admittedly, Voyager is not the only show to get fooled. This guy had published something like 20 books about Native American culture. He went to, he had changed his last name to like Wind Talker or High Water, High Water. I have it in my notes. He had gotten 800 grand worth of grants from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting to do documentaries about himself as a Native American. It turned out he was Armenian and the whole thing was a scam he was running from the get go. That's amazing. And, That's it, explains amazing. A, and it explains a lot about this show's treatment yeah, <laughs> of Native does. American culture. All right, there you go. I, I mean, I appreciate they went to the effort. They did try. They tried. And then got rooked. <laughs> they tried real hard. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I like the little button on that exchange between Janeway and about It's a date. Like, she's so yeah. excited to be able to, like, connect with another person. Yeah. It's a it's a perfect next stay, step from the, the bit with Paris and Kim of, like, wanting to just talk to a person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we get a cool moment, which is just more of Tuvok being sassy, where they're going into the nebula and Kim's like, I've never seen anything like this. And I've, and then he has the moment where he does the communicator to, he's like, Tuvok to Kim, we don't say that. Senior officers don't say that. It freaks out. And it's just like, it's super sassy and Kim's super mad. And later he gets the moment where he's like, bam, gotcha, Tuvok. You also, just, have we ever had people in any Star Trek having a surreptitious uh, conversation exactly. person to person? I've never, person never, seen, never seen that, I've never never seen seen that yeah. before. I was like, whoa, yeah, that you would can do be. do that. Hey, yeah. hey shut up, man. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I was like, oh my God, how many of these happened in like TNG <laughs> that we were just not shown? Never do about. Yeah. yeah. Worf. Sandwiches? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. You know, like, I was like, it just opened up, like, what a cool way to use a pre-existing technology. Sure. And it was just a simple little moment yeah. where someone was like, well, could just, two, like, because obviously he could have just, like, yelled over, but like, no, no, he can't because on the bridge. Well, could they use communicators? Yeah, I guess they could. Why not? Yeah. Tuvok to Kim, stop being a dork. You know, like, so I love that. Um, then they hit the energy barrier, and then we had a really good scene of quick team problem solving. Everyone on the ship, it was a little forced. A little bit. But everyone on the team got to contribute to how are they going to get through this energy barrier? What are we going to do? You, you, will this work? No, this, like, 
uh, I feel the much more confident than it has in earlier episodes, shall we say, of the the fake the, the fake science. But everyone contributed. It seemed reasonable, and they were able to get through the energy barrier to penetrate and get the get the coffee. And, the coffee and, particles. And then Tuvok makes a mistake of saying, I've never seen this happen before. And Kim's like, oh, really? Back on the combat. I'm like, what? so would you say that you just told the junior officers you've never seen this before? And it's the first time that we've ever seen Kim get a burn in on anybody. It's not much of a burn. It's not much it's of a burn, but by Kim's standards, it's a hell of a burn. He's th- he's he's. He put that on his wall. Like he like wrote that oh, in yeah. his journal. Oh man, I got Tuvok so good today. It, well, my question is, would he do that to a superior officer? Would he he just, just did. Assass- it's good natured razzing. So you got to remember. You got to remember. Just point of order. Like okay, you've seen the whole show. Yes. So you're judging Kim by your entire knowledge of that character. Right. I've only seen him for six episodes. Sure. I'm still learning about him. So now I know this is something he'll do. I don't know later that it, you know, you see what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. I only have the information they present. For all you know, this is the beginning of Kim's badass turn. Oh, he's going to get up in Tuvok shit every episode. Six episodes from now, he's wearing a leather jacket. Replicating a leather jacket. I mean, it did seem a hair. Like, he definitely was a little, like, nervous about it. Like, ha, gotcha. Oh, shit, Tuvok's going to fucking kill me later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's going to fuck a neck patch me. But like I said, it didn't bother me. It didn't seem out of character. But also, early in the show, people, they're going to try things with different characters to see how they land. He had a sassy well, in, in, in Starfleet and Star Trek shows, other than the captain, who is like a god on the ship, everybody else's rank is a little dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, lieutenants talk to commanders without always saying sir. It's a very egalitarian. They play cards yeah, yeah. together. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when stuff is really going down and they're in a tense situation, obviously the, the chain of command kind of snaps into place. Outside of that, you know, it's not completely uncharacteristic for a, an ensign or a lieutenant to talk to a lieutenant commander that way. Uh, we jump back real quick to uh, Neelix and Kess in the galley of Neelix just fl- flipping his shit. Flipping out, uh, man. Where did that come I, from? I hate it. I hate it because I I kind of agree with him a little bit. <laughs> I, I feel bad about it. Yeah, it's, But it's like, why why, why you gotta go, why, why are you going inside it? What? What do you, you know? He, I get where he's coming from, but he's not Starfleet. No, he's not. Kess makes a good point when she, she comes back and says, if I was in that position, I would crack open every nook and cranny oh, of no, this Oh, no, she does. She does. But I, She'd make a good Starfleet officer. Sure. Except, well, I like but, she's like, well, they're natural-born uh, explorers. She's like, natural-born idiots. She would spend two-thirds of her lifespan trying to graduate from the academy, yeah. of course. Yes. But, yes. So, she so maybe she'd get on a freighter and die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and it seems like almost a moment of, like, a culture clash of, like, man, humans, why can't we just keep going? Yeah. Um, but, nope, we got to stop and look at things. Sorry. I mean, they both had a point. But yeah. uh, then we jump back. They, we jump back. we had to, to watch them kiss, and uh, she's like, I've never kissed anyone in a net. Oh, that's actually before. a later scene. Oh, is that's that when, later? That's when we I'm come sorry. back okay, to that, part that, two. Are you sure? Yep. Why did I write, ooh, I may have, ew, it, I may have it out of order in my notes. Because they, they have the scene in the galley where he's like, I can't believe the captain is doing this. And she's like, calm down. And then later they're in their quarters. He's like, she's still she's doing it again. You blood, I'm Yosemite Sam. They're looking you know. out the window at the inside of the nebula, which yeah. looks like an after dark screensaver. Like yes. I kept expecting a flying toaster to come by. <laughs> as, we're ta- as we're talking about dating ourselves, by deep the way, cut. that's a, that's a I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Remember Thank before computers? Man. I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they go into the nebula. They get trapped by the yogurt blobs. Uh, then an important fact is established, which I know there's no way this writer's room is actually going to keep track of this. Right. They have 38 photon torpedoes. There's. They set a number. We have exactly 38 
photon torpedoes. So let me, you're, okay, first of all, your instincts have served you well. <laughs> that will not come into play down the road. Okay. Uh, this scare, but I would imagine if I'm stepping into the shoes of the writer's room, eventually the replicators, they find reliable enough sources of energy that the replicators are able to come back online, at which okay. point you could fabricate more. Okay. But I was, ima- like, it would be so cool if this whole season... Like they just keep track of how many photo like if photon torpedoes are really difficult to replicate or well and they should it, be they should be I yeah. mean, they're, they're they're bombs basically, yeah. um, but I was like oh you said a number I'm gonna keep track yeah and then but immediately I was like there's no way they're gonna they're gonna forget yeah, well, not I, I, I'm not or spoiling. there's gonna seem like oh we ran into a, a a smuggler had some photon torpedoes weird now we have a million they use <laughs> the scarcity of their weapon systems. Uh, when the plot requires it. I understand. So it's not a complete non-factor going forward, but if you're looking for them to actually keep a tally sheet of like, oh, now they're down to 16 because they fought that Kazon freighter, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't recall that. Uh, I don't want to set you up for disappointment. They don't They don't track it quite that closely. I mean, is there... I, I want there to be the episode with like, we have a photon a torpedo. Photon torpedo. <laughs> a. And we, have, and we have to bluff to make sure that no one knows. Yeah, I would love a, a sequence of episodes where they know we have... One weapon. Sure. And once we shoot it, we're screwed. I uh, think it'd be interesting, but like I said, uh, then they go in, they get it, they're like, we gotta get out of here from these yogurt things. And they get out. It's a pretty quick scene. They lose 11% of the, um, of, power the reserve. Pl- of the power reserves. Oops. Which I thought it was a cool, it was, it was a cool concept of like, they're low on power. They see a chance to get power. And just as the captain realizing, like, I gambled on us getting more power, I have resulted in us having less. Yep. And I can't make, I can't lose many of these gambles. And right. should I keep making these gambles? That kind of thing. Uh, they didn't belabor it, though, which I liked. It was like, uh, oh, well. Because this whole episode felt very much like, this is a regular day. Mm-hmm. This is a Tuesday for Voyager. Um, so then we get to... The bizarre sequence of <laughs> Harry Kim scene is amazing. sleeping in his quarters, which yeah. someone creeps in. It's, we find out it's Paris that wakes him up. But before that, you realize that, of course, Harry Kim wears a sleep mask. And sleeps with the covers right up around his neck like a turtleneck and with his arms straight at his side. So he's just what? like a baby in a papoose. Doesn't you know? everyone sleep that way? Yeah, sure. Sure. Sure, that's how they sleep. Sure. Um, but that, but you know, that's like, okay. All right. Weird. But then they, they, they gifted us oh, they t- <laughs> with the deep backstory of Harry Kim's sleep mask. His perfect memory. And, and, and it's the most Harry Kim possible explanation for why he wears that sleep mask, because it reminds him of the comforting days he spent in his mother's womb. Yes. He had a he had a bad, uh, like a roommate that was up all the time, and he had started using it, but now he likes it because it reminds him of the womb. And Paris is like, you don't remember being in the womb? He's like, yes, yes I, do. I do. Yes, I do, Paris. Presumably with a baby clarinet. <laughs> um, <laughs> then they, th- that happened, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they could have talked about anything coming down the hall. I guess this is, it's distinct. That's what I will say. It's distinct. Um, but then they go into the holodeck, which immediately I was, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we're low on power. low on power, why is the holodeck operational? Wasn't there a one-off line in an earlier episode? All the holodecks are down because we need the power. Yeah, uh... I seem to recall that. <laughs> Although I will say, I don't know this from Voyager. I just know this from other Star Trek things that 
holodecks do recycle some of the power they expend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, so maybe that's like, it's not like replicating something where like you've used power to create something and now that power is spent until you recycle that item. So it's very efficient. It's it's efficient. And once you're done and you end the program, everything you've created in the holodeck for the most part, well, I'm sure with with some loss of energy can cycle back into the reserves. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think it would have done them well to have like a line about that. Yeah, no, since this is an episode about energy scarcity, That this was an odd time for them yeah, to introduce. You really the, got my brain thinking about energy scarcity reserves and like, well, here's the holodeck. And I was like, and I was thinking like, oh, oh maybe Tom Paris is doing this off the books and he's sure. going to get in trouble. But that never really happened. So it felt like they just needed to play that note and it would have all worked. Mm-hmm. Even especially with Janeway discovering it and they're like, oh, fuck, the captain's going to make us shut this down. Like, no, this is an important use of, we have this energy because we need it for morale. But they didn't do it. It felt like, it felt like maybe that was in a draft of the script and they maybe. took it out for they some reason. They took it out, yeah. Um, I don't know. So then we meet, so we go to Tom's... Bistro in Marseille. Bistro in Marseille. <laughs> uh, his super dude bro, awful. This thing is just weird. As soon as he walks in, all the ladies in the bar This like, is Ricky. Hmm. She's in all of my holiday yeah. programs, which immediately... Uh, I said, okay, and I, th- I had some more notes about this later because they come back to this place of like, I feel like Star Trek, there's been sort of an elephant in the room about holodecks, where holodecks are clearly porn, right? Like, you create programs that have... In, I, D- in Deep Space Nine, in Deep Space they made Nine. no bones about yeah. that. Yeah. You could go to Quarks and get a holodeck program with any combination of potential partners and activities that you wanted. Well, I feel like they uh, se- they separated a little bit because they were like, these are the hollow suites. Yeah, and it's It has Quarks. a slightly different name. Quarks is not Starfleet, so if you yeah. want to go buy some dirty but it, programs... But it still seems to be like, even if he's not literally going and having sex with Ricky, even if we're not supposed to think that, it's clearly there as a surrogate affection source. Riker had the whole episode where yeah, he's exactly. hanging out with uh, the Min- girl Minuet. at Jazz Club. Minuet. 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 Um, Minuet. Jazz Club, yeah. But there doesn't seem, to, when uh, they don't seem to have any concern about showing off their 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 waifu pillow yeah. to <laughs> other people. So there's got to be some cultural thing that's never expressed to the right. audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly, I think the show just didn't worry about it because it was 1995. Um, but like, I was like, this is weird. Like, it's like, Hey, come, let's play pool together. It's like, come over to my house. We're going to play Xbox. Oh, by the way, this is my porn robot. Yeah. I, that's have, also a, here. I have a sex bot. That's here. <laughs> I'm going to sit it on the couch right next to uh, us. My, while we my, play. my, you know, my waifu body pillow yeah. is right in between us and, but no one has a problem with it. It's clearly a, an expected sure. non shameful and not that it should be shameful, well, but it's, it just seems like. Could we? I can I can buy though that if holodeck technology came out tomorrow in the real world, that that is something that would become very mainstream. Very oh no quickly. no no no! I think that's where the technology would have come from. It would have been that would drive the creation that would drive of the that creation technology. Of porn does well, drive yeah. all new te- all new media. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. yeah, that makes so maybe we've just missed the two hundred years where it was weird. Now was like, oh yeah yeah yeah. Now it's acceptable. Okay, so uh, the, we also got a, a weird, a nice little one-off line about how in real France there are pickpockets that work for the board of tourism, yeah, just to give part of the experience, just to give the tourists <laughs> the real Paris. I was like, oh, I kind of love real that. crime has been abolished, of course, Some, sometimes. But, but we have fake most fun of, tourism. Most, of, most of the time, they give it back. He tries to get uh, Harry to drink some wine, and Harry's like, mm, I get an acid heartburn if I drink late at night. And he's like, oh my god, it's not real wine; it's made out of photons. Just freaking drink it. Drinking light. Yes. It dissipates as soon as it leaves the cup. My acid heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- they finish up in the pool hall. 
then we go to uh, Torres working on the centrifuge and then teaming up with the doctor. And I was like, the doctor is terrible slash great mm-hmm. in these scenes. Like he's just the worst uh, with her. And like, I feel, I like how they're slowly matching him up with every other yeah. character. I think they're slowly building where we have a true, because Janeway is, does not, he doesn't even register for Janeway yet. No, no. He yet. is not a real person. No. They're slowly building up. He's a real person to, you know, Kess. He's a real person to Torres, it seems, by the end of this. But definitely he still does not register as a crew Oh, no. Member. no he's a, he's and you a can tell because she she mutes him She later. mutes him. Yeah. yeah, that scene where he's like waving. He's like waving in his the back. arms in the background. <laughs> Good sight gag the way they the yeah. angle yeah, there. Yeah, a great funny. sight it's gag. Funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that whole sequence of them like working together and like figuring stuff up with their science really liked it, even though he's just awful, awful, wonderful. Yeah, awful, wonderful. And they figure out that the stuff around them is living. It's got nucleogenic peptides. Or it's some not a nebula at thing. all. Yeah, exactly. It's a living being. It's a living coffee bean that we drove our ship into and Oops. then blasted our way back out. Oops, our bad. Um, no, I love. He's like, and you fired your phasers at it and, and a, photon a photon torpedo, torpedo. <laughs> after you crashed your ship you through crashed its skin. It. Yeah, it's probably not doing well. Uh, then we jump to uh, Janeway and Chakotay's date. Where he comes in with the medicine bundle, and I was like, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Yes. Like, it started as like a casual, like, oh, you have this other religion, essentially, this other spiritual belief. I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's have coffee and talk about that. And he shows up with, you know, you I got the medicine it. bundle. You, you wanted to you learn. Wanted to do it. Let us it. cut our wrists yeah. and s- sacrifice. You know, like, I was like, I feel like that escalated quickly. Yeah. But I get it. They wanted to get it all into one. But episode. you're right. Her initial commitment to this was, I'd love to hear more about this. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting cultural exchange. And he's like, nah, man, I got the incense let's, right here. Let's this do stuff, it. You're going to do it up like the menorah. out of your mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I actually had a note about, I feel like they handled the Native American lore better, but now that all was coming from the voice of an Armenian con man. <laughs> um, <laughs> that just seems perfectly appropriate for Voyager. Of course they, 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 they tried. They I also, tried. That's the, that's the best thing you can say. I, I also found try. a good bit of humor that he's like, this is my medicine bag. I have a feather, a rock, and this incredibly advanced technological device. That induces a hallucinatory induces state. A, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we figured out a safe way to make you hallucinate. Right. Um, and uh, I love that she goes to the thing. It's actually, like I said, they didn't know, and it's totally like bullshit made it like what if i was said what do you think a, a native american spiritual ritual would be like oh i don't know it's kind of like this this is probably what i would come up with because i have no idea you go to a beach and a gecko talks yeah to you. i actually kind of love that her her animal is a lizard mm-hmm. i'm curious i hope that's comes it may not come back up after this episode i hope it does i'm like why is it a lizard what does the lizard mean tell me about the lizard you know kind of thing i was like i like this because I, I like it that it was unexpected because you would expect it to be like a bear or a falcon yeah or, you some, know, yeah some, some really majestic sort like, of animal no, it's a lizard and it's i'm like oh cool probably a very wise animal i would imagine yeah um i did like the throwaway line that balana tried to kill her animal guy <laughs> that was hilarious <laughs> I was like damn it damn it i was like it's I, all I, worth it for that and i think they're almost poking fun at themselves at how angry they forced her to be yeah, how violent so. she was in yeah, the first I, couple I, of episodes they're, they're letting it ramp down yeah obviously um, then they have the, the nebula is not a nebula. Dun, dun, dun. And that was with the very clear, like go to commercial, mm-hmm. uh, moment. Uh, then we have the scene where we just talked about where they're trying to figure out what to do. And she mutes the doctor cause he doesn't exist. And he's in the back, just like waving his arms, jumping up and down yeah. very, but I really loved how he says, Oh, well, Bellana knows the answer. Yeah. Looking at her. She's like, I, she's like, yes, 
I do. And he's like, you remember we were talking about this? And she's like, I'm going to talk until my brain catches up. Well, that's yeah. like a that's like a teacher moment. Yeah. He's yeah. a very good teacher. He sort of condescendingly leads her to like the he... appropriate conclusion. Well, they did just mute him, so I yeah. think it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's got a reason to be there. Um, so then they, they say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We've we, This is a living creature. We were ignorant and we harmed it. We got to go back and fix it yes. if we can. Uh, as dangerous as that may be, as stupid as that may be, we're going, we're doing it, everyone's on board, let's go do it. Which leads to the climactic, uh, semi-climactic Neelix storms in to the captain's uh, chamber. I want to build a summer home inside this scene and live there during the cold weather months. (laughs) I love how he comes, he's so indignant and Janeway just systematically dismantles him. You know, just, I'm sorry. I mean, she won't even look at him. Mm-hmm. She's looking at her computer screen like, I'm sorry, are you talking? As you're coming in here in my ship and mm-hmm. putting out an ultimatum about what you're going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to drop you off every time it gets bumpy. I won't divert a single modicum of my resources to preparing your ship for you guys to wait this yeah. out. Mm-hmm. But as soon as this is done, I'll kick your asses to the curb if that's what you want me to do. Yeah. yeah. A little, every time there's a little bump in the road, I can't yeah. have this conversation. It was very much a, a blood in, blood out. Mm-hmm. Sort of talk like, no, if you're on my crew, you're on it. Yeah. But you can't be semi on it. Oh, and, the, and then another wonderful dismiss. That dismiss. That's and she, just Starfleet expression for get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so Fantastic. good. Fantastic. And then he just kind of scuttles away. Yeah. Um, which was great. Great. Uh, then they go in for the repair mission. And it's it's interesting the way they handled this because it's supposed to be the like climactic space thing. But then they get in there and they're like, oh, we're kind of trapped and this kind of sucks and we don't really know what to do. And wait, we can. Oh, we can. Fl- we can float out on the space blood. Well, right. It's like inner space, man. That was the first thing I thought about. I thought you a fantastic voyage. Well, same yeah, yeah. yeah. One inner space is just a knockoff of that. But then they had that weird. We're like, well, we kind of got to wait a few minutes while we're sailing out of well, here. We're Let's just circulatory. And system. then Neelix and Cass come in and he's appointed himself the morale officer, <laughs> which yeah, it's super hokey. But I was, I was like. <laughs> It's like, character development for a character I don't like. But I was like, oh, that is the right way to respond to this. And just the moment of her eating on the bridge, like I was like, eating on the bridge, eating on the bridge. That's like Wesley sitting in the captain's chair. Eat on the bridge. That's nonsense. And her sitting there eating her burrito or whatever <laughs> while they're just like. We get a weird yes ma'am in this yes, scene ma'am. too. He goes at one point, Janeway, once, they're, once they get into the circulatory system or whatever, you know, Janeway says, well, I hope it has a slow digestion system. And uh, then Paris goes, yes ma'am. Yes ma'am. Which is weird because usually his yes ma'ams are reserved for sexually charged moments. And well, that was an odd, that digestions was an odd for one. happens in bodies. Bodies are where we have sex. Bodies are where sex happens. Yes ma'am. <laughs> yes ma'am. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Trust me, it's less than six degrees wow. of sexpiration for Tom Paris. Um, so then the doctor, once again, uh, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to leave, and the, the nucleonic radiation beam doesn't work as well as they thought it would, of course. Yeah. But he comes in and is like, oh, use yourself as a suture. And they're like, suture? 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 And then they had the most intense moment between. Paris and Janeway of dog bonding. You're like you like dogs, Mr. Paris? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is serial killer level intensity. You like dogs? I love uh, dogs. Uh, sure. Yeah. So Don't do we I. All. When I had a dog, I did a thing. And then they, the and way then they, they, they did that thing, we should do that thing that I did <laughs> when I had a dog. And then the way they block the moment, it's literally like they throw the ball for the dog to go get. Yeah. When they're like, drive in. Uh, heal. And they pull the wound back together. <laughs> and then they scoot out of there. 
mission accomplished. <laughs> I was curious because normally, and I'd like this though, because I feel like in TNG somehow doing this, it would have like beamed um, Omicron particles at yep. them and filled up their power and that's banks. Exactly. As I was rewatching this, I thought, did I? Is that how this ends? Is that? Nope. I was trying to remember from the last time nope. I had seen it. Did they gift them with Omicron particles? Because that is one hundred percent what would have happened in TNG. Yep. Yep. And oh, the exchange. They were and, rewarded for doing the right thing. The Roddenberry thing to happen here mm-hmm. would be that they respected the, the 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 sanctity of this organism's life and it rewarded them in return. Yep. In fact, that happens on more than one episode oh, totally. of TNG. Yes. Nope. Down 20%. Nope. Yep. We Damn. just fucked up, but at least we well, fixed it. We did the right thing and now we're double screwed on the, yeah. as far uh, as the energy stuff goes. Then we go back to the pool hall for our final <laughs> scene. <laughs> the final scene of bonding. <laughs> come on, come on. And then the, the, the gigolo, the French gigolo is uh, like, so oh, much. madame. I do like that they let uh, Torres have the he's a pig and so are you. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, this is all gross. Yep. And you're gross. I love that, of course, Janeway is a pool shark. Of course she is. Yeah. Of course she is. And the, the awkwardness with which she socializes is really, really close to the reality of what that said. Whenever, whenever an officer in a, in a military environment tries to be like, I'm cool, I'm one of the guys, it's always that awkward. Yes, yeah. hello, yes, people here. Get, you may, as, as an officer, as a leader, be able to disengage, but your subordinates well, can't. There's no. also, they also had a, enough time to slide in uh, Tom Paris say, calling Chakotay an Indian again. Um, oh, I missed d- that. It did happen. Bang. It's like, what? What? We, 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 we just were, we just said Native American. I, I thought we were done so, with this. So we're just saying he's racist. That's what we're saying. But I this, guess. But I this, don't know. But I'm sorry. I almost forgot. The, the he's a pig and so are you. It brings back the holodeck politics thing yeah. again. I was like, wait a minute. So you, they know you programmed this. So I was like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just injecting my modern day sexual hangups or whatever, <laughs> something. But it's still just like, I was like, mm, that's just something they're just kind of running past that kind yeah. of bugged me. But then we end on the very weird, her uh, echoing the words of uh, Chakotay from her first uh, spirit guide lesson yeah. about asking the great spirit to, or whatever to watch over them out there or far from home. But it was just kind of like, okay. It's a it weird. Was, it was. It, it was, was okay. okay. That felt like. I feel like Janeway had like two really seminal moments. Great classic Janeway lines. The thing with, they get quoted a lot. The thing about the coffee nebula yeah, and then, coffee and then nebula. and the line with the uh, dismissed. That's Starfleet for get out. You know. And yeah. they felt like they they tried to manufacture a third there at the end, and it just yeah. didn't quite. Yeah, you land. didn't have the gas for that yeah. last little mystical thing. I think for the the simple fact that they. In the in that in that monologue going on, um, they actually talk. They they mention that oh, Mister Neelix has another place where we can go check for power. I'm like, wait, <laughs> hell, that's wait. okay. There's another one right over here. Well, that's convenient. There's, a, there's an Omicron particle store it's over so here. So well, it went it, so well for them. Could last have mentioned time. that before Neelix, since yeah. you're so indignant about that us going into the nebula time. in the first place. Well, they did say it was out of the way. Yeah, but in the previous episode. When Neelix had advice about where to get more energy, it did not go well. Mm. Yeah. Maybe he'll lose a spleen. <laughs> well, final thoughts on The Cloud. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't uh, as into this one as I was the last one. Um, that said, there there is some good – there's there's definitely good stuff in it. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was all over the place. It just wasn't very consistent as far as the writing uh, goes. Um, so I eh. – I'd give it a meh. Okay. So this is um, kind of like 
parallax and that i i love the character stuff i don't care about the nebulous space threat story i mean that's just a very star trek oh we heard it now we have to fix it even though that puts us at increased risk um I like the fact that a lot of the conversations that they have have nothing to do with the ship or with their their circumstances. You know, there is stuff like like a lot of the weird Tom and and Kim uh, conversations that they have are just the sort of like you said, it it feels just like a day in the life. Right. Mm -hmm. These sort of incidental conversations that people have in the workplace and at home and with their friends. I think they do a better job of striking a balance between that stuff and the space threat thing than they did in Parallax. So I like it for a lot of the same reasons I like Parallax, but I like it more than I like Parallax. I think they gave me more of what I wanted this time. And Janeway had great lines. I mean, I'm always going to be a sucker for that. Sure. Uh, No, I'll definitely agree. The closer and closer uh, Star Trek Voyager gets to becoming a slice of life anime, the happier I am. Yeah, right. Because uh, generally, like, I've seen all the space threats. Like, every different version of something the ship has to deal with. Alien encounter, tiny god, weird space thing. I've seen them. It's really hard for me to think, like, this is the n- original. It's always some version. So for me, it only gets really interesting when it's about the characters, how the characters grow, how the characters interact with each other, how you tell a cool story or a good story, or you find a new way to tell an old story. So I, I really like this episode. Actually, like, and it felt other unlike Phage, it felt much more well paced. Yeah. Felt like they knew what story they were telling with some missteps, but they they like this is a story about the the people of mainly Janeway and Janeway finding her role, her place on the ship. So. In my in reading about this episode, I found uh, it was an old article from the Star Trek Voyager magazine, which was a thing at that time. Wow. I forgot that there were magazines about TV shows back then. Ooh, um, I remember magazines. Yeah, me too. Me too. Vaguely. Uh, but the writers ended up hating this one because they felt like the big space threat thing that got subsumed by the character scenes. They were like, oh, you know, in retrospect, we should have really, we should have really pumped up the, the big space threat. But the actors loved it because it's the first episode in which we've had character interactions yeah. that were allowed to breathe a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, we let two people talk for three minutes without rushing, slamming into the next thing because we're like, yeah. we're trying to cram so much into 45 minutes. Plus the space thing is pretty, pretty dumb. And no one cares. I and mean, no that's, cares. No, yeah, no one yeah, cares. You have that, to have a space threat. That's sort of my main takeaway. I'm like, I don't yeah, care about I care most about the people, the characters and yeah. the, the their development and their interactions, but I don't, I don't care about the nebula. I yeah. mean, that's, I've seen that, like you said, in 600 other episodes. Yeah, you got to work on it to really give me something that I care about outside the ship. Right? Yeah. And that's going to be something that's not going to be a one-off threat. It's going to be something you're developing as, oh, this is the season-long threat yeah. or something multiple episodes are devoted to dealing with, uh, which so far um, Voyager doesn't seem to be like trying to do like Deep Space Nine where it's like long-running plot lines. Like, nope, this is kind of episode of the week, beast yeah. of the week. There's no stuff. Dominion War being set not up Not yet. Not yet. But it's just early. Neelix's awful relationship with Kess and the doctor's growth seemed to be the only yeah. and yeah. The, the growth of the characters seemed to be the yeah. run, ongoing plot lines, which honestly, I, I enjoy. So I like this episode. You, you would. I would and I do. The good citizens of the jury have reviewed the evidence. Gentlemen, your closing arguments. Your Honor, after communing with my animal guide, I can tell you this episode is in fact bad. Sure, there are great character moments 
and a little bit of growth. But the haphazard way that this episode is thrown together by the writers, it simply is too much for those good moments to overcome. Commander Spurlock. Your Honor, the cloud strikes that elusive balance we wanted so badly from Parallax just a couple of episodes back. The 80-20 balance between top-notch character stuff and vague space threat that no one really cares about. And it does so with a degree of Native American cultural stereotyping that I think can be fairly characterized as only slightly unacceptable. Like, seriously, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been by a long shot. I mean, Jesus, you you remember all the stuff that Tom said in Caretaker Part 2. Like, like this time, maybe one less casual use of the term animal guide, and they, they really would have been in the green. Ultimately, the fate of this voyage is up to you good beings on the jury, but it is my august responsibility to make judgment based on the evidence and argument placed before the court today. After reviewing it all, I hereby decree that Case 106, The Cloud, is good. These verdicts cannot be appealed. They are final and irrevocable within this quadrant, space-time continuum, and county. Court adjourned. People vs. Star Trek Voyager is recorded in front of no one. The Honorable Space Judge Midnightian Later is played by Derek Adams. The Prosecution, Undersecretary to the Rear Admiral John Q. Continuum Esquire is played by Jonathan Sparks. The Defense, Commander Matthias Zapp Spurlock is played by Josh Darnell. All episodes of Star Trek Voyager are presumed good until proven garbage. Shadow Public Radio presentation. For more excruciating action, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you seek podcast content.